Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to episode six of Glowing with Glow. I am so excited for today's episode because today I have my very first guest popping on this episode to talk to us all about hormone health, which is something that is just so, so important, um, not just for women, but also for men. But today we're going to focus more on women's hormones. So, Um, Many of you don't know my story, but before I got started with Young Living, I dealt with a lot of hormone health issues. Um, For nine years, I struggled with chronic pain. But even before that, from the age of 15, from the time that I got my first period, yes, we are going to go there today, you guys. We are going to go all in with the hormone stuff, so be prepared. Um, But I would get it and I would black out sometimes because my body just couldn't handle what was happening to it. And it's not normal to get that sick. Um, We're not supposed to be in pain. So Amy's going to talk a little bit about that today as we get into it. But Um, after I had my first baby, my hormones just went so out of whack. Um, I had cystic acne everywhere. My moods would just be such highs and such lows. And getting out of those lows some days was really, really tough. Um, Aches and pains, fatigue. And I thought all of this was normal. I thought this was just chalked up to being a woman. Um, But that is not the case. So Cut two, I had Young Living come into my life and I got rid of all of the toxic products that I was using and started to feel really, really good. So today's episode has a special place in my heart because I know that there are other women out there struggling right now as well. And I just hope that this episode blesses you and teaches you some steps that you can start taking right away to start feeling your best. So I get the absolute pleasure of introducing um, Amy Lenius, who is just our hormone goddess <laughs> on this tribe. She is talks about all things hormones, and she just has a way with words. So I am so excited to welcome my very first guest. Hello, Amy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. So we would just love to hear a little bit about you and about your story and why you love talking about hormones so much. Absolutely. And I love that you just shared your story with us as well. I think there's something so powerful when women can share their struggles because then we start to realize that it's actually very normal for us all that we're going through all of this and to create a space of just because it's something that's very common in women doesn't mean it's normal for our bodies to be doing that, right? Mm -hmm. We're so ready as women to create a healthier space around this topic. So I am just so, so excited to be here to to share my heart and passion with all of you. And this all started for me about the same age. You know, whenever you're getting your first period, you're becoming a woman, all of those things. I was like, wow, this is terrible. Everyone's like so excited about this time in their life. You're becoming a woman and it's very celebrated, which I believe absolutely that it should be. But you kind of feel duped a little bit. Because you're like, this isn't exciting. This is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) This feels terrible. And um, it turns out that those feelings of extreme pain, of extreme um, fatigue, and all of those things that I was experiencing through the years, it started, like I said, about the age of 15, I started seeking help. I probably went through it for about a year and then I was like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I need help. And I I truly feel like there's something 
wrong with what I'm going through. And so I went and, and sought out medical help. And, you know, I was met with so much of, you know what, it's just, you're becoming a woman. This is this basically, this is your life now. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. <laughs> right. And they would, you know, recommend pain medications, you know, different um, birth control hormone interventions and things, which I absolutely accepted, right? You, you, when you're in those kind of things, you accept any help that you'll, that you're given. But even then it got more and more extreme. And my symptoms were so extreme that I was having pain every day instead of just during my period. And so then I kept seeking medical help. And, you know, if this journey has taught me anything, one of the first lessons I learned was that we have to be an advocate for our health. We have to be an advocate for our bodies because we know our bodies best. We know when something doesn't feel right or isn't right within our bodies. And so that was something that I had to learn to step into very quickly and um, finally ended up going through, you know, doctors and specialists and things and, and ended up getting a diagnosis uh, with endometriosis, which is just a hormonal inflammatory, you know, bunk uterus <laughs> condition that um, is turning out to be very, very common in women. And once I had that diagnosis, I had my first surgery and it kind of just stemmed from there uh, between the age of my first surgery at 18, maybe to the age of 24. It was nothing but different pain meds, um, looking for different hormonal therapies. I had multiple surgeries and anything I could do to, to seek help. And it was just, uh, it was quite a time in my life. It was exhausting. Chronic pain does weird things to you. You know, you're and I know you understand this as well, Gloria, you have to put on this face all the time, right? Even though you're in pain, you still have to function in life. And that can be <clears throat> so exhausting. And I know a lot of people out there can relate with that. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh, that is so true. You have this mask on. And so that creates even more fatigue and this anxiety and yeah, just trying to be brave is, is really hard. It's exhausting. It is. It is. And especially as women, we have this extra pressure to, you know, to be um, keepers of our family, to be the face of of so many things. Women, you know, wear so many hats. And so dealing with chronic pain as one of those hats, I mean, it's it is it's exhausting and it's a, it's a hard struggle to go through. And it definitely plays on your mental health as well. Oh, my gosh, 100 percent. I would say that the mental health aspect is almost harder than the physical pain because you feel so alone. Yes. You feel so much like nobody else in the world can understand. Like I know if anyone out there is going through chronic pain, you really feel isolated on this little lonely Island and, and that the mental struggle of that and the depression that can set in from that is yep. the worst. It is. And that's why I think it's so beautiful that people are talking about this more and more to see that we kind of all have this in common in our own way. Right. As women, sometimes it's not chronic pain. It's other things. You know, sometimes it's not chronic pain from hormone things. But there's there's such a unity there that women go through that we can all come together on and, and relate to. Yes, I would say the last four years of sharing a toxin-free lifestyle, the one thing that has really stood out to me is that everybody has a story and that we are so not alone. And like you just said, there's something so beautiful when we start to share because we realize like 
you're just like me and I'm just like you and we're all having a hard time here. So how can we feel better? <laughs> That's right. This journey has taught me, oh my gosh, so much. And it is, it's one of the most important lessons I've learned is that our story has so much power to help others. I used to sit and think no one wants to hear about the stuff that I have gone through and the, you know, the, the period talks and the, you know, chronic pain and my mental health and the things. But it turns out the second I started sharing that was the second people started opening up to me about their struggles as well. Yeah. And it was just such a beautiful step from being like, no one wants to hear this to everyone needs to hear this. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Yes. I love that. So what did you do, Amy? You had endometriosis diagnosis mm-hmm. and you have, you had at the time one son. Um, no, I, so we, let's see, I got diagnosed, you know, probably around the age of 18, 19 with my first surgery. And then we had, you know, a good, I say we, I was by myself at this moment. <laughs> we, you know, I was dealing with so many things and then, Um, and then at the age of like 24 was when I started realizing like, you know what, I'm ready to have children. I am ready to be free of this daily pain. I'm ready to make a change. And I had been told at a very young age before I even had my diagnosis that I would probably never be able to have children. I had a doctor look at me and be like, you know what, you're having all of these symptoms. It's probably going to cause infertility. Oh my gosh, that's a horrible thing to hear. It was. And I think I was like 16 at the time. Because I remember even someone having to drive me to the hospital and and being there with me because I was still considered a minor. And um, it was. It was a horrible experience, especially for someone like myself. You know, I was never career driven (laughs) as a teenager. But I knew that my future held a bit, you know, family and children and, and all of these things. And so that, you know, that alone put me into quite a depression on my mental health, knowing that my future might not be what I had planned it to be. And so when I had this moment of clarity in my early 20s of, you know what, medicine has only gotten me so far and I am not one to speak out against modern medicine. It has helped me so, so much. You know, it is, you know, it's, it's saved my life. I've had life intervening surgeries. I've you know, wouldn't have my children and both my children and me wouldn't be here without it. So I'm so, so grateful for it. But I do think there is a time and a place for it. And I do think that there are so many other beautiful modalities in the world that are available to us that we can tap into that can help us and help support our bodies. That's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you said that because a lot of the times people think if you're into natural health and wellness, that you are against modern medicines and it's so the opposite i think they work beautifully together that's right they do they really do and it's just it's so amazing to come at you know your health from a proactive space so that when you really do need medicine it is there for you and it is going to work better for you than before and they're just there's such a beautiful balance that can happen there and so i had this moment of you know what i am taking all of these medications i am not good mentally my body feels ridiculous from all the side effects of the thing things that i'm taking and i'm still having daily pain so what is even helping me here I had this moment of needing to step away from all of it. 
So I safely stepped away from everything that I was doing and everything that I was taking. And at this point, Chris and I were together, we were engaged and that included my birth control. So that was a discussion that we had. And I was like, I need to stop everything. I need to give my body a break so I can start weeding out what's serving me and what isn't. And I started diving into more natural therapies, started asking more questions and just from giving my body a break and listening to it, we were able to get pregnant with our first son. Oh my gosh, I just love your story so much. It was it was very, it was incredible. We actually ended up, we, you know, we were uh, getting married a few months after I had gone off my birth control and we were like, you know what, we accept whatever happens. How amazing would it be if we got pregnant right away, this and this, and so it actually was we were, I think, 17 weeks along at, at our wedding. And instead of it being this like weird thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was total jokes about shotgun weddings and all of these things, but the invitations had gone out first. So, <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it was a part of our celebration because the people who were there, the people who love you the most, they, they knew that I was told I might never be able to have children. So it actually became a celebration and part of our special day to celebrate that we were able to have a family. So that was really neat. Oh, that is so beautiful. Mm. And then so after we had Maverick, um, there's this kind of saying that goes around in the endometriosis community and in health and and in medicine that you kind of have a shot, a 50% shot of uh, your endometriosis getting better or worse with pregnancy. And during pregnancy, you don't have symptoms typically, which is amazing. Uh, But uh, typically, I haven't spoken to many people who have had it go away after pregnancy. Um, it comes, it does come back. And so I started having extreme symptoms after Maverick. And so I dove back into the same cycles, going to see specialists, going to see um, doctors, going to the hospital very regularly, and ended up having another surgery. So what they do, they go in, they clean up all the endometrial tissue and things. And um, that was the moment when they said, you know what, because everything's kind of cleared out in there and good to go. If you are in any way wanting to have another kid, you need to try right now because this might be your last shot. And so we did. And we had Corbin. We were able to conceive Corbin, which was so, so exciting. And then same thing after he was born, my symptoms came back and they were like, you know what, it's it's just it's time for a hysterectomy. Yikes. And I wasn't there yet. It's not that we weren't done having children. We absolutely were. But I know, I mean, my background is in in health, in natural, you know, anatomy and physiology. And um, my RMT training gives me a sense of what recovery times look like and things. And I knew that, you know, a recovery for a hysterectomy is a good six weeks if you do it properly. If you do things too soon, your recovery looks different, you know. And so I knew I wasn't there yet with two small kids being down for six weeks, right? What mom isn't going to pick up her little one if they need her or vacuum when the floors look like a nightmare after a week, right? (laughs) I don't know a woman alive that's just going to lie in bed and not, you know, (laughs) live her life. And so I knew I wasn't ready for that. And that is when I stepped away from medicine and all of these things again, started listening to my body and started seeking alternative methods. I started seeing a naturopath and, you know, they were the first ones to say, Hey, like, let's test your hormone levels and see what's happening in your body. Let's see your stress levels. Let's look at your stress hormones. Let's look at your diet. 
you have an inflammatory condition. Let's look at what foods cause inflammation in your body, right? And it was just this different perspective. And at the same time, Young Living was introduced into my life. So it's kind of just this beautiful synchronicity of things that happened all at once. And I mean, my life has been very different ever since. Oh, that is so beautiful. I just love that. And you were um, actually able to not get the surgery. That's right. Still have a uterus. That is amazing. (laughs) That's so amazing. And I hope that gives women like hope that there is another way. I'm not saying every single time it's going to work this way. Obviously, we're not doctors. You need to listen to your own body and take your own health into account. Absolutely. But there is another way if you are willing to go the natural way and talk to a natural path. Um, that's one of the things that helped me so much was having somebody look at me and saying, you know, you have all this cystic acne, you have these highs and these lows, like what kind of foods are you eating? And looking at that was a huge step in my health. Just realizing like what we eat is like our health is so wrapped up in our diet. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like you said, every body is different. What worked for me might not work for you. And what worked for so-and-so might not work for, you know, Betty over there. But there's always room for playing around with your options. Yes. Don't just, don't just, yeah. Like don't just take one piece of advice and then go with that. Like if something feels wrong that you hear, Mm -hmm. go and seek other answers, go and talk to other people because- For years, I listened to one way and that one way didn't work for me. And I wish I would have listened to my own body and taken my own health into my own hands and taken that power back instead of just taking medication after medication after medication that left me feeling so crappy for so long. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's just, it's so worth knowing that you are worthy of finding help and worthy of finding relief. We, we identify so much with our pain. Yes. It becomes a part of who we are and it's a, it's a, it's a hard place to be in because you are not your pain. You are not the conditions that you are going through. That is just something your body is going through and your body is going through it and giving you these symptoms because it's asking for help. Yes, that's a sign. It's saying, pay attention to me. It's exactly, we are not our pain. And and you and I both know that you can fall into that. Like, this is just who I am now. This is just the way it's going to be. And you feel like it's part of your identity. Yes. And as women, we get, you know, we, we take that on so much. Oh, I have extreme PMS. I have extreme mood swings. I have extreme pain and, you know, week long, heavy periods and all these things, but that's, I'm just a woman. That's who I am. That's what I have to deal with. And we we need to come back from that space that we've been put in because it's not what we have to deal with. It's not normal. It is very common but that does not make it normal. And when you were talking about food and things, that is one of the other lessons that I like to speak on is that our body and our health is so much more than the one thing going on. I've learned so much that you have to treat your body like a community. It's a functioning community. And when someone was talking to me about my endometriosis, all they wanted to talk to me about was my uterus. Right. All they wanted to look at. No one was talking to me about my diet. No one was talking to me about my gut health, my liver health, my emotional health, and my stress. 
all of that plays a huge role in our hormonal health. Yes. So we need to come into it from a space of my body is a fully functioning community. How can I support it on a whole? Absolutely. I remember hearing, you know, when I first started to step into taking my power back, I remember hearing um, how stress, like if you put enough stress in on your body, something is bound to break and how connected your whole body is. Like if you, if one thing is hurting, everything is affected. It's not just that one area. You can't treat one part of the body. It's a mm -hmm. whole. And that is something that if people could truly just understand and start mm -hmm. to get to the root of what's going on and stop just treating symptoms, like yes. uh, how beautiful would that be? Yes. That is the biggest thing if we could just step into is looking for root cause. Absolutely support the, the symptoms that you're going through and what works best for you, but keep digging for that root cause, you know, because so, okay, you're stressed. Well, the stress is causing you not to sleep. And now the not to sleep is causing more stress. And now that is causing your gut to totally lose its mind and not function properly. And now your gut not functioning properly is affecting your immune system. Now you're sick. Now you're sick. You can't sleep. You're more stressed. Like this whole feedback system happens and you need to keep breaking it down until you get back down to the root cause. Yes. Yes. So we've talked about our stories. I bet you there are tons of women right now going like, oh my gosh, me too, me too, me too. Um, so now let's get to what's the first step towards feeling better? What would you say is the first step? Honestly, anything you're dealing with, like we've talked about how looking at your body in a whole, that's like a mindset to step into. Anything you're dealing with, you need to understand that your health is not just not being sick or not just in your physical body. Your health is compiled of so many things. It is your environment. Yes. What are you putting in on and around your body? What are you feeding your mind? Who are you spending time with? What are your finances like? Does it stress you out? You know, it's so, so powerful to see that our external environment is just as important as our internal environment. And so when that was brought to my attention, I had already started to see, you know, some relief with understanding what my hormone levels were doing from the natural path, understanding that these foods increase my inflammation. But the second someone said, okay, but what about the things you're using in your environment that are affecting your hormones? Yes. Like, what? Like it literally blew my mind. Like when you picture someone's mind exploding, that was me. I was like, I had never even thought about that. No one has ever brought that to my attention. Yes. Everyone needs to know about this because the second I stopped using things in my home that were endocrine disrupting, that were affecting my hormones, that were affecting my mental state, it changed my life. Oh my gosh. And no matter what you're going through, it doesn't have to be endometriosis. It can be chronic fatigue, it can be chronic headaches. It can be all of these things. There is huge value in anything your body is going through to decrease its toxic load so that it can heal and do what it's meant to do. Our bodies are such powerhouses for being in balance. 
Our bodies love to be in a state of our own personal homeostasis, which just is our perfect environment of balance. And it is constantly trying to up something, down something, regulate to be in that space. And if it just has the healthy environment to do that, it's amazing what can happen. Oh, I just love everything you just said. And I love the way that you put that. And I was blown away as well when I found out what was in the products I was using. And I thought I was buying pretty good products because I was on a journey to health before I found Young Living. I was eating all the right things. Um, I was fixing my leaky gut or so I thought because I was eating the good foods. And then I found out like the stuff I was putting on my skin or on my scalp or the makeup I was wearing was affecting my gut health, was affecting my hormone health. And I was kind of mad when I first found out. Like I was, I was mad because I was shopping at health food stores that I thought, you know, I'm spending more money and I thought the products were better, but to find out they have SLS, to find out they have fragrance. And I was, I felt lied to, and I felt kind of angry. And then I was like, what are we putting on our children? So I started to go down this rabbit hole and, you know, I just want people to be aware. um, Like what you said is our bodies want to self heal. They want, they want to do that. That's its natural state is to be, you know, turning over cells and to be making things healthy, but they're so bogged down because people will say to me, oh, you just use an oil and you're healed. Well, no, it's not that the product is healing you. It's that you're not putting junk on your skin anymore because our skin is our largest organ. So whatever we're putting on our skin, we're absorbing into our bodies. And so I can't believe that this isn't common knowledge. I can't believe what they can get away with putting on the shelves. And so, yes, I agree. I'd say that the first step is like, stop putting that for lack of a better word, crap yes. on your body and stop cleaning with things that are hurting your health. That's right. And it is such an empowering place to be because when you go down that rabbit hole, it can be very disappointing. It can be very frustrating when you realize, you know what, the stuff they're putting on the shelves, it's not regulated. It's not tested for my safety and for my children's safety. I mean, they rant. I could go off on about baby products. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's very disappointing. But then when you step into a place of, but wait, this is something I have control over. Yes. I am the gatekeeper to my home. Yes. Used on my family, on my body, on my children. We absolutely, there are environments out there that we step into in our day that we don't have control over, but we don't need our home environment to be the most toxic environment we're exposed to in a day, which is the average for people. There are some jobs where, yeah, it's a little more toxic than your home, but the average person, the most toxic environment they're exposed to in a day is their home. Oh my gosh. I was one of those people, I swear, because I used all of, you know, the, the fancy sprays and the candles and the things that you put in your dryer. Like I used all of that plug in things we'd put into the wall. Oh my gosh. I thought, yeah, the, the, that will make my house smell amazing, which means I'm a really good like wife because my house smells so good, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm damaging my health and my children's health by using this stuff. So there is pets too. Like maybe you're bum to fur babies. It's just as impactful on their health as our children's, as our own to be put them in this environment. And so, yes, it is really scary and it is very sad, but we can come at it from an empowered space of, but I have control where I spend my money. I have control of what comes into my home. I have control of what I clean with, of what I put on my body, of what I wash with, of what I, you know, and it's just, it's a very, especially as a mom, as a, as, as a, a family household, 
to be able to give that gift to my family and feel like I am stepping into a place of empowerment and making that choice, it's extremely satisfying. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like you go down the rabbit hole, you might get a little mad, but there is so much power that you're not supporting that industry anymore. You're not supporting those products and that we get to teach other people to stop because I know, and it's not just a belief I have, this is a fact that our dollar votes for the world that we want to live in. That's what, right. what we spend our money on is saying, yes, we allow this to continue to happen. So yes. if we stop buying these products that are, that are damaging, that are hurting our families, even if you just live all on your own, that are just hurting you, like, it, you know, you are just as worthy as if you have a family or not. But like, if we stop buying it, they're going to stop making it because they're That's not going to make products that people aren't buying. That's right. And if you say, you know what, this product has carcinogens in it and endocrine disruptors in it, and I'm not going to pay for it because I refuse to stand for that. It's, it's very empowering. Oh, beautiful. The more people that we can bring this knowledge to, the more chance we have at making this industry make changes, or at least helping people make their own informed decisions. And I think that's all anyone is ever asking for is just to be able to make an informed decision. Absolutely. That's it. We just want the information so we can make a decision from there. <laughs> There's just a lot of deceit when it comes to products because there's a lot of greenwashing where they make the label look really pretty and they say they say nice things on it to make it look like it's clean but you flip it over <laughs> right and now they're forcing people to be detectives yeah. right because if you don't know what you're looking for when you flip over that bottle which how many people do i mean how many people even have time right you're pushing your kids through an aisle and they're grabbing things touching things whining things need a snack you oh don't have gosh, to, yes. to flip that bottle over and read things, right? But if you look at it and just at face value, it says natural and things. Well, that's just their name. Yes. You know, they're putting more money into marketing right now because they know people are looking for a more natural appearing product. They're putting more money into their label than they're putting into changing their product to make it healthier. So it's just, it's very sad and very frustrating. But right. there are other ways. There are other places we can spend our money and there are other things we can do and use to support our bodies. Yes, absolutely. So first step is to stop using anything that is going to mess with your hormone health and with the air quality in your home. So the next question I have for you then is what products are you using? What oils do you use to help support you? I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. I can't tell you what my life has been like, you know, in because I could keep you here for hours before and after Young Living. So once I learned that, you know, endocrine disruptors don't hold a space in my life and that there's products and oils and things that are just made from plants that I can use on, in, and around my body that allow my body to be supported and have the space it needs to do what it needs to do on its own. I think that's so special about essential oils is we're not adding a synthetic when we're using them. We're adding an ingredient that our body uses as support to function and do the things it's supposed to do on its own. And so when I got started with the starter kit, the essential oil starter kit, I was super skeptical. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was not on board with the essential oils to begin with. <laughs> loved the idea of ditching synthetic fragrance in my home. That made sense to me. I loved the idea of switching 
my candles, my room sprays and things with essential oils, right? I loved that. But I didn't see the therapeutic value of them until I did my own research, right? Coming from a background of anatomy and physiology and things like that, I needed to know that this is something that works in my body, how and why. And I was very impressed with all the things I found and all the things I did. And so when we started using them therapeutically and using them to support you know, the kids cold, using them to support Chris's indigestion, which I obviously clearly experimented on my family with these essential oils, <laughs> like any good wife and mother does. I did check that they were backed by Health Canada first. That made me feel good about what I was doing. But <laughs> when I saw those results, I was like, you know what? Because I just kept telling myself, my problems are too severe. Mm -hmm. My body is too broken to allow this magical plant essence <laughs> anything about it right and so when I started seeing those little winds within my family and within my home I started trying them on my own and oils like Daijai's and Copaiba were the first oils that helped me see how much they could help my body as a woman and with what I was dealing with now, when I got my starter kit, I was said to myself, wow, Digize, I'm never using that oil ever, but I'm going to get the starter kit because all these other oils are great. <laughs> when I got, I think it was probably you that were like, will you just try the Digize? I know it stinks, but will you just put it on your belly and see what happens? <laughs> yep. And I did. And it wasn't because I was having digestive discomfort with endometriosis. You get so much inflammation, like endo belly is actually a like accepted term in medicine because you get so inflamed and your uterus just hurts so bad. And there is no chance for real pants ever. Mm. Nope. And so I did. And within, you know, seconds, I could feel a bit of relief happening within minutes. I could put on real pants. That's a win. That was such a win. I was like, look, I'm a real functioning human being. Look at me with my pants on. Like, <laughs> it was such a big deal. And Digize has a lot of fennel in it. And fennel is very supportive for women's health, right? So Digize can be used not only for digestive health, but definitely if you're dealing with, you know, heavy cramps and all of these things, it supports your body in that. And then Copaiba, you know, dealing with what my body was doing, you know, my body loves to be inflamed and stuff. And it just supported me in those feelings Beautiful. and then I was like oh wow and then I learned that there are oils that support your hormones and support female health and I was like what <laughs> no way again picture Amy's mind exploding and now that I had seen these wins I was like well obviously I'm gonna dive into trying this because I was still I think the last and only medication that I was on was, um, you know, synthetic hormones and things. And, you know, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but synthetic hormones have their risks. Yes. Right? I'm not saying they don't have their value. They do, but they also have risks. And because those risks are so severe, I've just gone through two and a half years of consistent breast scans to make sure I'm not a, a victim of those risks. And so, being able to support my body with natural things like progescence is a beautiful oil, like clary sage, like sclerescence. There's all these beautiful blends that Young Living has made for women's health to support progesterone, to support 
estrogen to support the balance of cortisol in your body. It's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing how these oils work in our body without adding a synthetic. Oh my gosh. I just love that. Also, um, um, what's the last thing you just said again? The hormone. Progestance, progesterone, estrogen. The estrogen does what though in your belly? Mm. Yes. So estrogen is a really um, important hormone in our body. It does a lot of things, but people are very scared of estrogen because there's a lot of estrogen driven illnesses. And so when you are dealing with hormonal imbalances, which typically how society is, how our typical day to day is run, we're promoting a lot of estrogen in our bodies and not a lot of progesterone. So typically you see high estrogen, low progesterone in women. There are other cases where, where it's the opposite, but that's the, that's the most average. And what estrogen does is you, you need it in your body, but you need it to move through your body properly. You don't want the byproduct of estrogen sitting in your body for too long. And so what happens is when your, your hormones are used up in your body, it goes through your liver, they get processed through your liver, and then the byproduct of it is eliminated through your gut. So that's why it's so important to look at your body as a whole because your liver function is important to detox your hormones. Your gut function and movement and motility is important because you don't want you know, to be backed up and things are just sitting in your gut because what happens is those, those byproducts of your hormones leach back into your body from your digestive tract. So it's very, very important to look at liver health, gut health, and keep your guts moving. <laughs> yes. That for right? women is like the biggest thing. <laughs> we got to keep right? those guts moving, you guys. Yeah. It's, it's a, sometimes it's a hard thing to talk about, but you got to poo people. It's important. Right. We all do it. Why are we so afraid to talk about it? <laughs> it is pivotal to your health. Yes. Like, wow. Because that is the byproduct. It's all the stuff your body doesn't need. It's just trying to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And you need to keep that moving so that you're not having that leach back into your system. Because that's right. We don't want the stuff that's in there that's meant to be moving out of our bodies to, to go back in. And a really powerful and simplistic blend that you can use with essential oils to support your liver is grapefruit, rosemary, and peppermint. Mix those up in a carrier oil, whatever carrier oil you're comfortable using on your body, and just roll it on your liver once, twice a day, whatever you need. And... It's, it's very powerful for such a simplistic blend to support your body in that way. Beautiful. And so how do you use the first three oils that you shared? What do you do with those? Well, the beauty about oils is as long as you're getting them on their body, on your body, they're going to do what they need to do and go where they need to go. So even if you're putting progestins on the bottom of your feet, it's going to find its way. Beautiful. So I, it's just listening to your body. I mean, there's like so many people that talk about it on like this, like woo woo level, I would talk about, <laughs> but I a hundred percent agree. Now I can smell an oil and I know where I want to put it. Sometimes I'm putting them on the tops of my ears and I'm like, why am I doing this? Whatever. That's where I want to put it. Progestins. I'm typically putting on my wrists, my forearms, or like my inner ankle. There's a Vitaflex point for women's health and uterine health. Um, on your inner ankle. So it's just a very natural place to want to put these things. Yeah. I found that for me too. People try and overcomplicate oils and I'm like, your body actually just knows. It's a weird thing, but you're just very intuitive if you pay attention to where mm -hmm. you need to put it. 
Yep. And even if you're not there yet, it's okay because your body loves these oils so much and is so compatible with a proper, good quality, pure essential oil. It just, it, it binds and enters our cells and just goes into our whole body and does what it needs to do. We don't need to overthink it. Our body knows exactly what to do with these. Oh, yes. And it's an incredible partnership. Somebody said to me one time, and this description blew my mind. It's so simple, but it's just like two, when you drop two little oil drops in water, the two oil drops will find each other and they'll connect. <laughs> and that's what happens when you put essential oils on your body. It finds the cell and connects. Yes. And that's just such a beautiful, like, oh, ah, such an easy way to understand it. Yeah, that's so incredible. I mean, even just like plants have their own, they're called phytoestrogens. So they're plant estrogens and they are so powerful for helping our body with our own estrogens. It's just, it's a really neat balance, but I think it comes down to plants are nature, we're nature, we're meant to live in harmony together and the earth has given us what we need to support our bodies. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just love this this whole call so much. I am digging this. I am learning along with all of the listeners right now. <laughs> so also the next question I had are what toxins do you avoid and why? You know, it's an overwhelming topic. And so I tell people not to be overwhelmed. I mean, if you're, you say you use 10 products and you take out two of those products a month, you're decreasing your toxic load by 20% every month. You know, like it's just, it's important <laughs> not to over complicate things and not to overwhelm yourself with information. If you're one of those people who steps away from something, if you're overwhelmed, there's the opposite kind of person that's like dive in, give me all the information. I'm going to throw out everything right now. But a lot of us get overwhelmed with too much and make it too complicated. So then our whole thing is like, you know what? It's too hard. Yes. Right. It's just, it's such a simplistic um, thing to do really when you're just conscious of one replacement spending, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm out of this shampoo. I'm going to now replace it with something I know, trust and love is good for my body. Um, but the easiest and best one you can avoid is fragrance. Yes. Yes. Fragrance is just a heading for a nightmare of thousands of different things that we don't want or need in our body. And so you can trust that fragrance, you know, is just this heading of carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, and all the things they don't want to tell you yeah. <laughs> what's in there. <laughs> and so that's a really easy one to avoid. If you have fragrance in the things you're using, or if you're looking to buy something new on the shelf, and it has fragrance, it's an easy one to catch. And it's an easy one to put down. Another one is SLS. Yes. You know, it's pretty obvious on a label, SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate. It's a foaming agent. So it's in a lot of things we use to clean and wash our bodies with, our hair, all sorts of things. And it is a very serious carcinogen and one that we can absolutely avoid. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I saw this challenge that was going around the other day on the Internet. And it was like, take your perfume that you use and spray it on a weed or a plant mm -hmm. and watch how fast that that weed will die and shrivel up into yeah. nothing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and women are putting this. And I used to, I loved perfume. I would get it every year for Christmas, my favorite perfumes. Like I had a little collection and watching it kill that plant so fast. And you think we're putting that on our body and we're breathing that into our lungs. 
oh my gosh, it's crazy. I know it is. It's crazy. And you know, hormones, they get such a bad rep, you know, everyone's like, oh, she's hormonal. Oh, my hormones. Oh, don't talk to her. She's hormonal. But hormones are so important. They're so important. They regulate some of the most important and major functions in our body. Your natural occurring hormones in your body protect your arteries. They help you fight infections. They're so important for your heart health, your bone strength, which is really important to things in women, your skin tension. We all love that. Your reproduction, your libido, like just so, so much is riding on these hormones and riding on them being in balance. And so it's really important to, to know what you can do to support them oh my and not look at them negative light. Absolutely. We need them for all of the things. And who doesn't want a healthy libido? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is so true. Hormones have gotten a really bad rep, but I think that like now that I have them in check, like I'm just so grateful to have all of these things working again in my body. And now I, I look at them in such a different light because of you, Amy. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> but yes, it is. It's just, it's so important to, to normalize this conversation though too, right? Because signs of a hormonal imbalance, and I'll list a few for you, are things like PMS, acne, migraines, joint pain, bloating, mood swings, insomnia, heavy, long, irregular cycles, infertility, like I'm listing all of those things. And I know all of you listening are like, oh, but those are just those are just the things. Those are just the regular things of being a woman, but they don't have to be. <laughs> I love how you say like, just because it's common, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that it's normal. We just That's have right. accepted it as that. That's right. And so if you can find a way, like if someone told you, Hey, like there are ways that you can naturally support your body through all of these things that are considered common, just because you're a woman, like, that's a magical sentence. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know many women alive that wouldn't be at least interested, at least have their ears perk up at the idea that they could be relieved of some of these symptoms. And, you know, and there's extreme sides to hormonal imbalances as well. I mean, endometriosis, PCOS, infertility is huge right now and is going up and up and up. And that's, that's devastating. That's devastating for a woman to have to go through and a family to have to go through. And right now, depending on which studies you look at, but all are between one and six and one and eight women have a hormonal imbalanced condition. Oh my goodness. I was actually um, listening. I cannot remember who I was listening to, but they were saying that the most prescribed medication right now is for thyroid which is yes. right. Connect, yeah. Like that is exactly um, a result of your hormones being imbalanced. That's right. That's right. I actually had a talk with a um, pharmacist once who said, you know what? Thyroid medication is an yes. epidemic. Oh my gosh. They actually get an epidemic, but our, you know, it's just like if our bodies are bogged down with toxins, our liver can't keep up. And so we're at risk of, of colds and colds lasting for, you know, two, three weeks, instead of just the couple days our body needs to, to kick it. It's the same thing with our thyroid. If it is so burdened with all of these endocrine disrupting ingredients, it doesn't stand a chance. Oh my gosh. 
And I just love the idea of this call that we are sharing this message that women, you can take your health back just because you have um, a hormone imbalance does not mean you have to stay there. We can start by not using products anymore that are going to hurt our bodies. We can start by using oils that are going to support us. Um, we can get around people that are having the conversations and we can learn from other women's wins. And we can also learn from each other's struggles, which is just as beautiful. And so I'm just so grateful, Amy, that you took the time today to come and talk about this because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what I really want, you know, the listeners to get out of this is that there, there is hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is. And just to remember that, yeah, everyone in some way is going through the same thing and that you're not alone and that it's time to normalize these conversations. Like my biggest dream is that it is such a normal thing, which like having a period is so normal. It is such a normal thing for us to go through as women that it's just accepted. You know, when like, could you imagine if a teenage girl gets her period in school and everyone just knows that that's a normal thing and they know how to support her through that. They know that it's a moment for her that she needs support in, not a moment she needs to be looked down upon, made fun of, shunned, whatever that type of natural thing that we're going through. I just want to switch that narrative. That's my, my biggest dream. Oh my gosh. Yes. And not feeling that shame and like you have to hide, you have to hide it. That's right. That's right. You have to hide it. You have to, oh, my body is doing something that every, you know, healthy, normal woman's body does, but I feel ashamed. Like, no, <laughs> we definitely need to move away from that space and start talking about it and start opening up healthy conversation because as soon as we open up our inner struggles it actually even releases a healthy hormone in our body yes. that helps us it's amazing actually on a hormonal level what opening up and talking your truth is what you know managing your stress is what taking time for yourself means to your hormones when you take time to have a bath and relax and decrease your stress and take a moment for yourself because one, as women, we can't give from an empty cup. We try, we try so hard to give from our empty cup. It's what we're known for. But once we fill our cup up, not only does it support our mental health, our hormone health, but it also allows us to love on others from a full healthy space. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And while we're on the topics topic of periods, I just want to say that my periods now are amazing, which is a weird thing to say, but like, I do not get nauseous. I don't get cramps. And I'm just like, every woman needs to feel like this because I used to get so sick. If I stood up, I felt like I was going to pass out. Like I used to just hate like two weeks of a month. And now I'm like just breezing through it. And I just also want to say, since we're talking about like toxic products that we want to avoid, um, and we're having this conversation anyway, women, if you are using tampons, I, you need to stop mm. because those are soaked in bleach. They're grown in pesticides. That cotton is grown in pesticides. And then we're putting it up a very sensitive area in our bodies. And we wonder why there's so much issues going on with our uterus. Um, and, you know, it just leaks into every part of your body. You can't, it's not just going to your uterus. But one of, one of the best changes right. I made there was 
I'm switching to a diva cup and I'm not sponsored by diva cup, but I'm just saying like, there's other ways as well. It doesn't have to be a diva cup. There's those thinks underwear and other brands I'm sure that are just as great, but making that switch also has drastically improved my period. And I just want women to like, stop buying tampons. <laughs> it- a thousand percent. There's a reason that if you leave a tampon in your body too long, it starts to slowly kill you. It's called toxic shock syndrome. And that should say volumes right there. Switching to a menstrual cup, I'm going to be super honest. It was a commitment. You get to know your body very well. It's, uh, you know, my bathroom was like a murder scene the first time, but I wouldn't trade it for anything (laughs) because even your cramps are lessened just from using a cup instead of a tampon. And if you're not comfortable doing this, I mean, there's still lots of women who only use pads instead of tampons. Now they have, yeah, the the period-friendly underwear. And I invested in those and have tried them and they do work. And for someone who, you know, like you said, your you know, symptoms have decreased from your period so much, someone with endometriosis like myself who has all of these extreme symptoms, I too am down to, my average period is three days. Oh my gosh, so good. And it is absolutely manageable. I can wear my underwear on the first day and the last day. I wear my cup for the day in the middle and I'm good to go. It is barely a blip in my timeline anymore. And it is so magical to go from where I was to where I am now from a space of being told there is no cure. This is your life now. And I'm not saying I'm cured in any way. I do if I am not paying attention and not on top of all of these things can have flare-ups. But if I'm doing the things that my body has come to know and love, it's fine. And that is such a powerful message because as women with endo and all of these things, we are told there's nothing you can do except have a hysterectomy and hope for the best because I forget what the percentage is, but there's a huge percentage of women it comes back anyways. So 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 much value in this topic for whether you are on just the regular you know pms this and this struggling period to on the extreme end of any of the issues we're dealing with there is never a reason to not dive in and decrease your toxic burden in any way oh my gosh amy thank you so much for this call today oh thank you so So much for having me anything else that you want to say Um, No, I just, I hope that from this call, you feel empowered to be an advocate for your body, to look at your body as a whole functioning community, and just know that you are worthy of feeling better, and you are worthy of having your needs met, and it's a worthy discussion to have, and there are people out there who will listen to you and offer support. Thank you. Yes, that is the biggest message, you guys. We are so worthy of taking care of ourselves and filling our cup because then we get to pour over into those around us instead of trying to get from that empty space. Uh, This call was just so amazing. Thank you all so much for listening in. I know this call was a little longer than usual, but this topic, like you just cannot cover in under 20 minutes because it is just such a beautiful, um, diverse conversation. It's not just one thing. It's all these things that work together. And I'm just so grateful again to Amy. And thank you to all of the listeners. I will see you on the next episode.